Come here. Good boy. Come here. Scratchy, scratchy, scratchy. Mom. What? Stop playing with the dog. Why? Because we're going to record the show. Welcome to episode five of 15 Minute Wisdom, Sweet Overload. I'm your co-host, Leslie Bradford Scott. And I'm her daughter, Carly Bradford. I'm an award-winning entrepreneur and a high school dropout who scaled my multi-million dollar company just by reading books and listening to podcasts. And my mom used to spoon feed me food. Now she's spoon feeding me wisdom. And since we're two foodies, we're going to anchor that learning with tasty recipes. So today we're talking about the social dilemma. Have you seen it, Carly? I have. Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. What? Sorry. I've seen half an hour of it. Why only half an hour? Well, I didn't have time for the other half and I definitely forgot to pick it back up. So what did you think for the first half hour? It was insane and it just really opens your eyes to what's happening in the world with technology. The Social Dilemma is a Netflix documentary. It's, it's basically the people who built social media like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. The former employees are on there talking about how it's kind of like an evil empire. Like, Mwah. did you get that feeling? I did. Yeah, for sure. And, and I agree. Like, it does a lot of harm to people. But it also does a lot of good. And they didn't talk about any of that. They didn't talk about any of the benefits of social media. And I think there's a long list, too. And just like everything else in this world, like uh, cocoa isn't evil, but if you have too much cocoa or chocolate, it's not good for you. You know what? Let's not bother with the negatives. I agree because the Social Dilemma documentary already does a good job of that. I mean, that's the whole show. And also the negative effects of social media are well known to the general public. If our listeners don't know the negative effects, then they're probably living under a rock and you can just Google it. So we're going to talk about our fix for the social media problem in 15 minutes or less. That's Are you ready? One. Let's do it. Okay. But first, a word from our sponsor. Today's product of the day is Shitstorm Rescue. Yes, I love this stuff. Yeah, so Shitstorm Rescue is for pets. We make funk off for the home, the general home. Boys don't stink and dorms don't stink. And I'm gonna let you all on a little secret. Do you know what it is, Carly? I think I do. They're all the same product. And they're fucking marvelous. Yes. And they're a bioenzyme technology that literally eats an organic enzyme. And let me give you an example. My grandmother brought her dog into my house and the dog went over to my carpet, peed everywhere. And the dog is ancient. So the pee was like Ugh. really concentrated, Ugh. nasty. So I dabbed it up quick with paper towel and then I just covered it with the shitstorm rescue. And let me tell you, in 10 minutes, the smell was gone. The urine was out of my carpet and it saved the day. Yeah, blood. I've gotten blood out, cherries, I actually half a bottle of red wine and some disgusting, moldy, horrible, wretched boat seats that were sitting in our garage for 100 years. Took it right off. You'll find them at waltonwoodfarm.com or check out our where to buy page for a retailer near you. Back to our show. The big takeaway for me... <laughs> I would hate to be the an actor. The big takeaway from the film for me was how the engineers built this system of manipulation. And they did it intentionally to own the attention of the user and then sell it to the highest bidder just to drive the share price up of the company. So we're going to talk about the positives of social media and we're going to give you two solutions to avoid getting trapped in the negativity on social media. How do you think it's been a positive force in society? I think it's inspirational. There's so many things on social media that you would never be exposed to in your daily life. And I think it really opens up a lot of doors and ideas for people. There's a lot of healthy 
body image accounts on there. So people that are struggling with their their self-worth and their body image, they can look at these people for inspiration and try to make themselves better. The things that I like about it, I think it's really cool that it has connected so many people who were kind of like long lost friends, loves. What an enriching thing to happen to find a long lost love. I also like that it's been a force of good social change for countries and political systems. I mean, I know the opposite has happened where it's been negative, but there have been positive social changes because of social media and activism. I like that it keeps me informed. So I don't have normal radio. I have XM. I don't get commercials. I don't get the news. I don't I don't stay in touch with what's happening in the world. And today on social media, it showed Syria in 2010. And Syria was beautiful. The water was blue. The buildings were lovely. People were happy. Absolutely stunning. I would go there on vacation. And then it flipped to how it was in 2020, current, right now. There was dust everywhere. Buildings were bombed. There was nothing left. It was nasty. It's sad. And now I get it. I'm, I see why people have come from Syria to live here. But before I had no idea because I didn't go into that world. I didn't have cable to watch CNN or CBC. So it does pull important things that I should know to my screen and then I can be informed. Yeah. And the flip side of, the, of that where it's negative is when the algorithm is feeding you things that support your already be, you know beliefs and those beliefs could be bad. So it can you know? take you down the rabbit hole. Like I said, wherever there's something positive, there's always something negative. I mean, who doesn't? I love my glass of wine, but I could easily be an alcoholic if right. I didn't control it, right? You have to be in a conscious mind to, you have to, to be decipher. Aware. Yeah. You, you, you have to. It's like hygiene. It's like brushing your teeth. You have to have good social media hygiene, don't yeah. you think? Yep. So we figured out a way. We think that social media companies can implement a few practices that will help people have better social media hygiene and and avoid the negative. One of those things, and actually they both already exist. And one of them is yours, Carly. You're gonna talk about Prove. So I have my gun license and there is an acronym that they use when you're learning how to be around a gun. And I think it is so important and it applies to the rules of social media. So it, it's Prove, P-R-O-V-E. And for social media purposes, You'd have to point to things that you are going to look at on social media. So you choose, you pre-choose what you'll see. So travel, food, fitness, and then you'll remove. So the R, you'll remove anything negative and anything that, you know, is really not going to make you a, a positive person. Or, or harm your psyche. I mean, it's okay to, to watch news because news can be negative, but it shouldn't be harmful to your psyche. Right. And then you'll have to observe it. You'll have to see that, oh, like just is this all good? Is this all going to be everything that I want an outcome to be from my social media? The V, you're going to verify. You're going to go back through that list. You're going to make sure that everything you've selected is in fact what you want. And then maybe in a few days, it'll ask you again, is this everything that you still want to be looking at? Is it is it making a positive impact in your life? And then E, examine. How do I feel? How is this changing me? How is this making me a better person? Is this making me feel worse? Am I feeling sad? Just examine your overall well-being. Now for my fix. Here's a shout out to all the social media titans who could literally fix the negativity issues in like 48 hours. Because my fix includes two tools that are already available on the market. So do you get a screen time notification on your phone that yeah, tells you? Yeah, do. It's like getting a report card. Yeah, it is. And But you, you look at it and you go, oh, my screen time was up an hour? That's a lot, right? Yeah, you start to think about me, it yeah. and it bugs you, right? And I get this report from Grammarly, which is editing piece of software that, that I have installed on my computer. And it tells me 
what the last 30 days of my content has been in my email, which I, I really enjoy that. It tells me what percentages of my email were happy, positive, supportive, negative, sad, and it breaks it, it breaks it all down. And I think that's an excellent tool. If you can get a, a screen notification and along with that, get an emotion notification that tells you, hey, 90% of your content this week was negative. That would be, a, I think, a meaningful tool, don't you? Absolutely. I would kind of get competitive with myself because I would know I'd want to try and be better. So I think if it was negative, I would try really, really hard to filter the bad things off of my social media. Part of the contract for you allowing your kid to be on social media could be that, that they have this feature installed and that the parent gets a notification of it too. And I think if you're under 18, you know, I think if you're living in the house, you got to live by house rules. And, and if that agreement is that your parent has to know what your emotional state is, I don't think there's anything invasive or wrong with that. So, I And maybe it can even tell you what was making you sad. Exactly. And then you can just remove that. It's not that you should be happy all the time. That's really unrealistic. We just, we're human beings. We feel, and it's okay to feel sad. It's okay to feel negative thoughts. And, you know, but it's about how you balance it. And if you go down the rabbit hole where it's really harming your self-esteem, especially young kids, they don't know any better. Exactly. In the case of a parent, if they can see and intervene, basically you wouldn't give a kid a car and say, here's the keys, go, would you? No. What do you do? You train them up. Wouldn't it be cool also as if when you get this like weekly report, like how they do now, but now for your social media consumption, it was like a really eerie, like horror movie sound if it was like bad consumption. And if it was good, it would be like, I feel good. Da-na-na, yeah. da-na-na. And people would get into it. Yeah, I they would. would. I would. I'd be always wanting it to be like really funny or really happy. Yeah. If the parent sees that, if they're getting the same notification, they're going to really like in real time, week by week, they're going to know how their kid's doing psychologically. Yep. Emotionally. If, if the parents are hearing vomit sounds weekly, they know it ain't good. Yeah. So it's time to revisit. And, and you know what? I don't like it when I hear parents say, well, it's not very, it's too invasive for my kid. You know, I can't. No, no. You don't have to look at what they're, you don't have precisely to. Precisely what they're doing. No. It would just, it would organize the feedback for the parent versus the, showing everything that they've looked at. Yeah. And the problem is when kids are kids, their brains aren't fully developed. They don't have the perspective that an adult has to weigh up what's happening to them. So when I did watch The Social Dilemma, my first knee-jerk reaction was like, holy shit, this is really terrible stuff. These people are evil. I'm going to delete all my accounts. And then I thought about, do you realize that social media is the thing that keeps small businesses running right now? I figured. So here's how it works. Let's pretend everybody deleted their social media account. Do you know what percent of small businesses are responsible for jobs? I'm going to say 40%. In the United States, small business makes up 47.5% oh. of all jobs. And in Canada, it's 99%. Oh. So you take away small business and basically your kid doesn't go to soccer, you don't eat, there's no car in the driveway, and you have no roof over your head because small business is the core of our economy. And if it's all left to big business, we're just going to become a, a world of robots. We don't even need robots because we'll be the robots. 
Yeah. You take away social media and you take away the ability for small businesses to reach their customer. I see what the local bakery was offering that day. And if you have them on your social media accounts, you know what they're making for today. You can see it in real time. But if we took away social media, we would lose all that. And then basically what would happen is you'd Google things and Google is dominating the world in search. And that means they're dominating everything that gets fed to people. And it's sold to the highest bidder. But the only people who are going to be able to afford the highest bid are going to be the giant corporations. And basically, corporations will take over the world. And Google pretty much already has. And so has Amazon. Do we want Amazon to get bigger? Amazon does not need to be more Amazon. But the people down the street in your town, they need your dollars. Your community's survival depends on you buying from small business. So hey, Buy from small business people. Support local. It's not that hard. I know Amazon's easy. I'm guilty of it too. I buy some things from Amazon too. But you know what? Try. Try to buy local. What do you think, Carla? Let's do this. Come on. And the recipe for the week. Oh my God. <laughs> Let's do that. Oh. Because it's sweet overload. This might be my favorite recipe we've done. It And it was so easy. I literally just like that came up with it and made it. And it was the easiest thing and the most yummiest thing I've ever made. It kind of went like this. We were going to record this show and I'm like, we don't have a recipe. And she's like, what do I got? Okay, I've got waffles in the freezer. Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, where are you going with this? And then I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then she's like, I love bacon. And then I'm like, okay. And And I've got, I've got cream cheese. Yeah. And I had pecans and then I'm like, ooh. And then I found this recipe for a bourbon maple cream cheese waffle stack yeah it's like, and I was like it's like yeah. a cake I'm gonna say it's a cake yeah it, was it tastes like a cake tell us how you made it I only had three waffles left in the freezer so you're supposed to use five I used three and it worked just dandy so I put the waffles in the toaster got them a nice little golden brown put them to the side let them cool then I whipped up the cream cheese the powdered icing sugar butter it'll be in the blog at 15 because <laughs> you can't remember right I now can't can't you? Remember, you can't remember okay. right now that was like weeks I can't ago remember. Yep. so then i smeared that in between each layer of the waffles mm-hmm. and then i made a bourbon maple glaze, glaze. Oh. so amazing. i put like whiskey in there and then i had more butter and brown, brown sugar. sugar yeah and then i threw some pecans in there and then i just poured it over the top of this waffle stack it was so thick it like oh it was caramelized it Mm. oozed over out the seams out of like in those little waffle holes like it was just everywhere and then we candied bacon in the oven and then we just put the bacon on top and let me tell you the sweet and the salty just definitely highly recommend make it now seriously you've got to check out the picture unreal that's a wrap for this sweet episode Follow us at 15 Minute Wisdom on Facebook and Instagram or sign up for updates and yummy recipes at 15minutewisdom.com. And we regularly dish up giveaways. We do. Walton One Farm products. Yes, we do. And who doesn't want free mm-hmm. shit? Get some free shit. Do it. Thanks for listening. And remember, be a smarty pants. Stay hungry for learning. Mm-hmm.